soldier in the British Army. He grew up in Nigeria, where he excelled as an athlete, completing as a judo player and winning a bronze at the Commonwealth Games. In this episode, he talks about his development as a leader, how sport and faith have influenced that, and he offers his wisdom on what an inclusive workplace should look like. All of our other podcasts, plus hours more leadership wisdom, can be found on our website, leader-connect.co.uk. Can I please welcome to the Leader Connect podcast, Abbas Solihu, 60 seconds to tell us about your life story. My job is um, the regimental sergeant major, which is RSM of uh, the University of London Officer Training Corps. Um, I've been in the army for 20 years now. Um, I enlisted uh, into the army in 2003. I did my phase one training at the army training center, Parbright, uh, where I was uh, best uh, recruit. Um, prior to joining the army, I was a professional uh, judo player. Um, I, I, I was privileged uh, to represent uh, my country then, uh, Nigeria. Um, that's from national to international level. Actually, I competed at um, various international events, uh, African Championships, uh, Continental Event, World Championships, uh, Commonwealth Games, uh, where I got a bronze medal. Um, and also I was privileged to represent uh, the British Army in Judo and the UK Armed Forces as a whole. Um, I was the first ever junior NCO. And, and, and I would say at that time, because in my head, I, I would say the first black uh, person to captain the British Army Judo team and also the UK Armed Forces uh, Judo team. So currently, I'm the um, chair. I, I'm the uh, sorry team manager of the Army Judo, and also the head coach of the UK Armed Forces Judo team. And currently, I'm also part of the um, Armed Forces Muslim Association, which is AFMA. So I'm the current chair of the association, which is something that I um, I'm really proud of. Let's talk about leadership a bit, because in your 20 year career within the British Army, um, you will have experienced um, a lot of good leadership, a lot of not so good leadership. And in addition to that, you are a leader yourself as one of our most senior soldiers within the British Army. So can you tell me, in your opinion, what you think good leadership is? Um, so I think um, about leadership is 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 quite vast, isn't it? Is 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 there's lots of opinion about leadership, and sometimes what other people uh, may see as bad leadership, someone else might think is a good leadership. Yeah, and it's countries, for example, and and I'm sure there were previous leaders that we we look at them as saying they're bad people, but the, today people they they could lead it. So I, th- I think it's, it's quite it's quite vast. But to me, um, my my upbringing and also in in my sporting role and and in my current job and and, and being in the army, to me uh, leadership means a lot. Uh, good leadership, and I think as as a leader, you should be able to to inspire your people uh, to have that ability to connect a team together. Um, through through common purpose to to, to build a relationship, a leadership supposed to um, uh, empower people, have that vision, uh, have this selfless commitment, 
And what is more important uh, for me is making his subordinates or her subordinates feel safe because that's important because when people feel safe um, and and they always, anytime they wake up in the morning, they're looking forward to coming to work or they're looking forward to working for you, uh, that will say a lot about you. And I think a leader should be able to care for um I would say leaders should be able to care for their people and and being able to listen and reason with 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 with, with their people. And I think that's so true, isn't it? I mean, I certainly remember in my in my younger years um, that concept of of thinking that as the leader, you need to be the person that speaks the most in the room. But actually, it's almost completely the opposite. You need to be the person that listens most in the room. And then the other thing that you said, which I really loved, is that idea of uh, the leader being responsible for the person waking up in the morning and wanting to go to work. Because quite often we think that it's centered around the job, don't we? That, oh, you know, I I, I don't like going to work because I don't like my job. And, and some of that's true. But actually, a really, really good leader who inspires a really, really great team, it kind of almost doesn't matter what the job is that you do because you look forward to going to work in the morning. And I like that wisdom. Yeah. And and it's one of those things again to through your I'll say through my career and, and I, I've seen some 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 leaders like that and, and I've seen some people that I had the privilege to 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 work for that I have learned a lot from them especially uh, the key thing for me when I was a junior soldier because uh, that was like a development phase for me. Um, I, I remember one in particular, that, and I, I, I will never forget. Uh, probably he, he may listen to this to say, "What is Abbas up to? <laughs> what do you want?" That <laughs> uh, uh, is, is a lieutenant colonel retire, Neil John. I had the privilege of uh, serving under him in Iraq, um, and I remember at that time we were part of um, nine nine regiment. Then we got attached to nineteen CSS uh, battalion before we deploy. Um, so you know, you remember when 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 I when when I mentioned about being able to connect team together through common purpose to build relationship. So there's kind of diverse people. So he was the the officer commanding the OC of the uh, QAGLR, which is mainly the um, the Gaka troop, I'll say the Nepalese uh, troop uh, in the regiment. Then you have us from other squadron uh, sorry um a Gaka squadron so you have us mixture of different diversity from other squadrons attached to work for him mm-hmm. so you imagine the diversity and people work different places so you have different characters and, and all that but towards the preparation for that tour how he was able to to build the team together um to make people jail to make people want to work for him and I felt I was part of the squadron <laughs> and up to now I still have friends within the uh, 10 QAGLR uh, and uh, we're still friends up to up to tomorrow but that and it is because was because of him uh, because then we're able to work together you know the things you remember because sometimes if you have a really really bad uh, working environment um, and it, it, it stick with you, you you always, you lose respect and everything. But it's something that I always remember. I keep friends with them. I keep uh, friends with him. 
Um, I look at him like uh, like a mentor, and, and he's somebody that I feel free that I can call anytime and, and, and talk to him about about anything. And I, I feel I feel that that confidence. So, but again, I, I, moving forward, I remember when we deployed. Um, they, they, there was a time um, when 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 the going get a bit tough. It, it was really tough tour at that time. So we were in different location, and and he got injured mm-hmm. on on that tour. <laughs> but you, us, the younger ones, and people start getting worried. It's like, wow, it's getting closer now. And the uh, things like that does not choose rank. It could be anybody, but and and I can I. But then now I understand how he was able to still inspire people because they they was worried. Uh, people we we was all uh, we were quite worried. Uh, some people actually wants to come home. Mm. Uh, so imagine he was injured. I'm sure he was thinking about his family and the worrying thing. Probably his family were back in the UK, then they were worried about, they don't know the effect or the how bad the injury was probably. And then there's no all this first time now where you can talk to people on video. <laughs> You're right. And you, you, you know why, why I tell that story? Because it always is something that I always remember. So um, not that moving forward, then our camp where we were at that time got hit, few people got injured. So you can imagine the chaos at that time. Um, but he was able, here comes Neil Jod, <laughs> you know, <laughs> able to, I would say, pretty much going around every department, making everyone feel important, making everyone feel like I'm, I got your back, I'm here for you, you know, like everything is going to be all right. Um, so for me, it's something that I always remember. So you, then when you look at that, um, and I know due to time, there are so many things I, I won't say. There are other things, you know, him going around, talking to people, trying to make sure um, we're all okay, uh, asking her about family back home, have you spoken to your family, you know? This is, so now at that time, you wouldn't understand, but later on when I start getting experience, when I start knowing more about like there are other aspects of, of leadership, because at that time you think, oh, leaders just been running in the front or leading from the front, not knowing this, 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 there's more to that. So to me, that selfless commitment um, is it, is something that I learned. That if you're there for your team or your people, uh, they they will they will bend backwards for you and and do a lot. How do you encourage people to follow you into situations? Or ideas or concepts, but but largely, it, it, you know, if we look at the army as as the context, you know, how do you encourage people to follow you into situations that they may not want to go? Now, clearly, you've learned a lot from from in in your case, Neil, as a leader and and as a mentor, and um, you know, taking those ideas, you know, how have you led people into really difficult situations? How do you do it? Yeah, and, and I think the, the key thing is is how you you know what I alluded to earlier about building that relationship. Um, you should be able to make everybody feel important. You should be able to create a, a, a culture within your environment uh, is, is, is very important. If you're able to do that, and, and when people see like your selfless commitment, how you empower them, and you should be able to trust people as well, you know, 
to 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 be able to I, I think one of the things one of the key things too is listening because when when people have problem or when people are talking you able to listen and, and respond to them and 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 make them if they're down to 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 you know sometimes just take them aside or actually even go to their department so if you're able to build that culture uh, within your environment of everyone feeling belonging regardless of who you are it, it doesn't matter your your race religion uh gender whatever you make everybody work as one team if you're able to do that when the going get tough people will follow you because those are the things they will remember can we talk about sport a little bit because there's there's some real crossovers between leadership and, and commitment and sport and and commitment and the the kind of mental attitude that you need to have to um to perform at a high level in well in anything really but particularly in sport so what do you think that sport has taught you about yourself i think it's um sport has taught me uh, respect uh, because that will go a long way and also discipline because um uh, i think when when you mention discipline people would think oh uh, is it bad behavior <laughs> the moment you say discipline that's what odd because we're so used to saying you will be disciplined you know people look at that but no no i'm talking about uh, discipline which goes a long way being able to 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 talk to yourself and not do something so sport is able to build a mindset for me that i can firstly i can be anybody that i want to be that's that's one of the things i've i've learned through sport and and also i've learned about opportunity which enable me to to and with the with the things i learned about leadership and other leaders I'll incorporate that together. Now that I have been a team manager or and I'm coaching people, I learn to give them that opportunity as well. I learn them. I, I learn to 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 try to teach them. Um, and I think respect is very important. You need to have self respect. You need to respect people around you. Uh, you need to have respect for whatever it is that you're doing. Because that will enable you to go further, and that will enable you to have value into whatever it is that that, that you're doing. So sport has taught me those things: um, um, uh, discipline, respect, and and that ability to 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 believe that I can be anything I, I want to be. And and I think that's very important. I'm a parent. Um, one of the biggest things that you know we try to teach our daughter is that you know that that barriers are only things that she's creating in her mind. Um, and I think that's really interesting. And then translating that to um, clearly, you know, you're playing sport at a very high level, but but for a lot of us, it, it might just be getting ourselves out on a run every day or every other day or whatever it is. Um, and that concept of you know, I feel when I've when I've done some kind of movement or some kind of workout, exactly that, that I feel that I could achieve anything and that there aren't any barriers because, um, you know, and just people signing up to, to, to park run or to a race or whatever it is, getting through that, it does give you that sense of being so, take on the world. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I think that's another typical example. You know, that discipline I mentioned, park run, 
for example, for you to be able to, let's say you wake up in the morning when it's freezing, one part of something in that in your head will be saying, nah, stay in bed, stay in bed, just pull up. But to have that discipline to get out and go and do that park run. And whatever it is you're doing, 1K, 2K, 3K, if you're walking, you're running, it doesn't matter. But being able to get out of bed, that is number one achievement that you, you, you've already have that discipline to, to, to beat that doubt in your head. And that comes with that belief. Then for you to go and start, oh, I'm, I'm going to go and walk 5K. It's fine. You have achieved something. I'm going to go and run. I'm, I'm going to go and, and, be, and be part of it. I will run, walk, joke, whatever it is, but having that discipline and believe that I'm going to wake up in the morning, I'm going to go to that park where I'm going to be involved with everything and come back home. How do you motivate yourself when, you know, you might be in that situation where you think, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to go and train. I don't, mm. I don't want to do this because there is that, that fine line, isn't there? That, that moment where you, you could go one or the other way, but how do you motivate yourself? How do you push yourself to do it? So I, I think for me, that's, that's self um, um, motivation. I, I know I kept saying about discipline is that mindset that you build to say, I have no room for, should I use the word lazy? Yeah, lazy, uh, lazy is a cool ah, okay. word. It's not a bad word, yeah. And I have, I have no room uh, for laziness in my mind. I have no room for any weakness in my body. And I have no room for any weakness in my mind. Don't get me wrong, sometimes you might be having a bad day, but, and again, going back to that, you have to motivate yourself because uh, you, you can have the whole world, all the motivational speakers in this world talking to you. If you're not motivating your own self, having that self-display, you won't be able to do it. So I, I think to me, being able to, to get up, to go and do something is, is, is that mindset of, I'm gonna talk to myself that I have no room for that. So the answer is no, therefore I'm gonna get up. We probably speak to ourselves in a, in a far more unkind way than we would ever speak to anybody else. And mm. actually being able to self-motivate yourself, choose the right words. And, and, and you use the term weakness, and I, I think that's fine. You know, weakness is, is it, it, it's a very, what I might define as weakness is, is very different to what you might define as weakness. So, so that word is, is, is okay as long as we've defined what it means to yes. ourselves. So, um, yeah. So having that really, really strong internal chatter with yourself where you are motivating yourself, but simultaneously also being kind to yourself as well, because there are those points I think, and I've certainly been there where, um, I, 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 you know, I'm, I, do push myself a lot, but sometimes I probably need to, I probably need to have a bit of a word with myself and say, stop for a minute maybe today don't push yourself too hard but but you know your own limits don't can we do the sandwich bit in the middle of the podcast where I ask you some silly questions I love the whole podcast but I do love this bit can you tell me a book you've read that's had the greatest impact on you funny enough there was this book it's called changing the guard it's a good book but then of course uh when the leadership book came out <laughs> yes a backflip uh, at the moment, I, I think head to head, that's going amongst my top. It's just I think the the simplicity and the details. Okay, what would you do first if you won the lottery tomorrow? What's the first thing you would do? Probably I'll say do a backflip. 
so I know that there's so many things. I so firstly, I, I'm gonna make sure my um, my family are comfortable. I'm gonna I'm gonna split the money into different chunks. Obviously, uh-huh. uh, some chunks will go to the charity. Definitely, um, I will I will support um, lots of homes lots of elderly people, especially if I win it now with the current climate, the current situation where I think I will make a quite a few amount of people happy. A leader or public figure that you admire the most? I'll have more than, so I actually, you know, I always look at my, to me, my, my parents, they, I put them two as one. Um, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yes, the greatest. Yeah, to be, I actually, he's, he's somebody, I actually uh, cry when he passed away. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Nelson Mandela is one of them, um, and also uh, I I don't want to be selfish here, but I think NJ is is always on my list. I understand that, so I think he'll be delighted. He's in that lineup as well. That's amazing. I wanted to talk about diversity and leadership. You know, how do we? Um, because we become much more aware of it now in the 21st century, or particularly actually probably within the last 12 months, to be honest. But yeah. this pandemic, we've become a lot more aware of the need to be leading much more diverse teams and, and, and ensuring that we're taking into account the diversity within our teams. How, how do we lead to, today through diversity? I, I think we, we have come a long way. We, we have progressed. There's lots of changes. However. Um, I think sometimes we we overthink it. We overthink it in the sense that then we end up, I think, doing what make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So firstly, I think you remember earlier I mentioned about creating a culture. Mm-hmm. So we should be able to be comfortable making those uncomfortable conversations. I think we still have a long way to go in terms of educating people of why diversity and inclusion and why it's important for our society, not, not only our workplace, in our society as a whole, because we as one will make us more formidable force, you know? So, but it's not everybody that have that education because some people, the moment you mentioned about diversity and inclusion, they will think segregation, they will think people are giving preferences, they will think you are either prioritizing or giving other people privileges, but that's not the case. That's, that's, that's making, is making people feel belong, is making people um, uh, at least just, just to have that belief that someone is listening to them and, 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 and opportunities uh, to, to make it, um, Sometimes it's difficult to treat people the same, isn't it? but you can treat them fair according to their needs. Treating them fairly according to their needs. According to their needs. But then I think it's still in some people, oh, no, just treat everybody the same. No, you, because we're not all the same. No, no, we're definitely not. <laughs> yeah, you can't treat all of us the same, but you need to treat everybody fairly according to their needs. Um, and, and I think with more education, people will begin to understand. Don't get me wrong, to be honest. There are some people you can't just change them. They've already, it's, it's hard to, to just, but even then with, with constant education, if they see there's lots of changes around them or within them, I think they will be forced to um, at least go with the, with the flow 
But this is not just about jumping in the bandwagon when I say go with the flow. I'm talking about progress here. I'm talking about going with the flow uh, for the betterment of, of, of our work, work environments and also our societies, schools, uh, what, what, wherever. So I think for, for, for me, um, if I, you know, uh, as a leader, for me, it's about asking questions. And, and quite often, I think that we fear asking questions because we, we're either going to ask the wrong question or it should be something that we already know. Um, yeah. But actually, I think asking somebody a question to say, um, t- t- tell me about you or, or what do I need to know about how I need to do this differently or, or, or okay, you know, um, in order to treat you fairly, what what is it that I need to do? And, and quite often there is that fear around asking that asking questions. But that's about respect, isn't it, at the end of the day? No, you, you're absolutely right, Sarah. You know, you, you nail it in the head when you mentioned that uh, you should be able to ask questions. And that's making that people feel, and, and sometimes you feel uncomfortable to ask that question because of fear of being judged or everyone just having a go or, or people pointing fingers at them to say, oh, why are you saying that? Oh, look at what she has said or what he has said. I think you should make people to feel comfortable to ask those uncomfortable either questions or make those uncomfortable conversations. If you're not able to do that, you won't be having answers. I wanted to end on um, a question that I think is really important. At the beginning of our podcast, you mentioned that you're the chair of the Armed Forces Muslim Association. How does faith motivate you as a leader in work, in, in life? Yeah, it does. So, and especially, you know, when 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 I joined the army, I, I, let me mention about my my job role. So, you know, we have our own values and standards. Uh, I'm sure you're you're aware, Sarah. Is the um, uh, discipline, selfless commitment, uh, courage, loyalty, respect for others, uh, integrity. Um, so, those I would say is almost the same thing with my faith. So, it's not. Uh, at that time was not new to me. Um, so then I went, wow, actually, uh, pretty much some of the values and standards expected from me as a, as a soldier is something that my faith demand me to have, especially the selfless commitment, you know? So that helps me a lot. And it, it, it still helps me with, with my discipline as well and, and and if it's like a fallback for me so if there's a disappointment i always think about all the blessings that i have so for example if i'm in the pursuit of something if, if i don't get it that's when my faith will kick in and i will think well okay so firstly um you're alive you're breathing freely you can see you can talk um, and this air in your lungs, and and you can look. There are people, sadly, that um, they 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 don't have that at the moment. So I, I look at that as blessing. So that is always like a fallback for me. Same if when it comes to to mental health, you know, like life is tough. Sometimes you go through challenges, and that's where I fall back to faith, and and it it, it plays a very significant. Uh, role in in helping me also in decision making you remember we talk about treating people fairly um that as well it, it does help and as a leader if if i need to make a decision um and and and, and i think i will ask myself that moral uh, question that are you doing the right thing that doing the right thing either 
um, not necessarily there's the whole world watching you. I think that's that's important and, and faith ground me to, to that all the time. Thank you for sharing that. It, it's really, really important. I just wanted to say a huge thank you for your time. I understand personally that the armed force is incredibly busy at the moment. So I'm, I'm grateful to you for giving us at least an hour of your time and, and allowing us to tap into some of that wisdom that you've accrued over 20 years yeah. in the armed forces. Thank you so much, Abbas. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, please hit subscribe or follow right now. Season two is already being recorded and it will be your number one listen for all of your leadership answers. And joining me on every single episode will be Leader Connect founder, Neil Jurd. Make sure you keep in touch with us as well by signing up to our newsletter at leader-connect.co.uk and I'll see you next time.